she do it like me? Do she work that body? Throw that ass like a pump, 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 pump behind Welcome to the Truth in the Booty podcast. This is Truth, um, and this is going to be the first in my podcast series. Depending on how things go, if you guys really like it, etc., then I might continue to do more. So we'll see what happens. Um, today we're going to be discussing etiquette in sex clubs. So first of all, I think it's important to just point out that there's different types of events. So I would sort of break them down into sex clubs and sex parties. And a sex club will be in a designated venue, which is for that purpose. So it will be um, like a group of people who might own a particular venue and they'll invite people to come there and there will be different rooms for different activities. Um, Sometimes they'll have things like a dungeon room. They'll have designated spaces for certain things to happen. Um, with a sex party, it's more of a party that is in that is set up by a group of individuals and it can be a moving thing. So it won't necessarily be in a set place. Sometimes it will be at somebody's house. Sometimes they might rent a room um, somewhere like of an Airbnb or something like that. Or they will have a meeting in a hotel and then you will have to um, pay a fee sometimes um, to get in there. But it will just mainly be like a a gathering of people and the first one that me and mr truth went to was quite similar to a house party it had a very like house party vibe so at first when we got there we weren't really sure we were in the right place because it just seemed like you were just a regular house party and and that was it but it was just when i went upstairs to use the bathroom i realized that yes there, there are people having sex here so yes definitely a sex party When it comes to the rules, I think people sort of come to the assumption that because you're in a a sexual atmosphere, it's a everything goes type of thing. But actually, there are a lot of strict rules which should be followed and there are boundaries that people should respect. Um, It's quite obvious people are there to have fun, people are there to have sex. But if it is not a safe and comfortable environment, then that's not going to be helpful and people are not going to come back. So... It is within their interest to keep those rules so one of the things that i think you should definitely follow is to respect people's boundaries and do not touch people in an uninvited way either it's always best to ask for permission i know sometimes people like to say oh, consent is a bit overrated or it's not sexy if you always have to keep asking questions but when you're in this type of environment it is very essential that you make sure that things are very clear Um, there was one time that me and Mr Truth went to a sex club and at that point we were somewhere where it was like a sort of cinema area but in that in that portion of the place I got down on my knees and I started sucking his dick now while I was doing that another girl came over and she was like can can I join you guys And I said, yeah, but the important thing is that she actually came over and she asked me. She didn't, or she asked us, I should say. She didn't just come over and just assume that she could do something. And that is important. And it's the same way that I wouldn't just see another couple playing or doing something or somebody over there and then just take it upon myself to just start touching them automatically. You can't do that. You might get chucked out if you do things like that. And it's just not, it's not the right thing to do. So if you're going to do anything, don't feel a way to just ask for the permission. 
they can say no and that's within their rights and then you just move on and you just keep doing what you're doing but you definitely do need to ask for permission the other thing is or another rule that i think is important to follow is do not follow people around the venue just just don't do it it's annoying it's frustrating and it's creepy and it's just a stupid thing to do when people go there they, they come to have fun and if there's someone who's constantly shadowing them it's just off-putting if somebody is interested in playing with you they will make that known if you're interested in playing with them you should make that known to them and then they can turn you down or they might say yes just kind of creepy just following people around all the time just don't do it another thing is not to talk too much I don't mean as it, it's important to talk to people like have conversations and stuff like that but when you're actually in the room and there's people who are having sex people don't need to hear your commentary on what is happening too much and also you don't want to just keep having your loud chit chat while people are there having sex it, it's, it takes away from the ambience of, of what is going on if you need to talk try to talk quietly or go outside of the room and do that there but there's no need for you to be talking loudly while some people are obviously getting quite into it and being intimate. It's just, it's distracting and it's unnecessary. Also, when you go to some parties and some clubs, with the clubs, a lot of them have websites and they will specify what the dress code is for their venue. And when you go to the parties as well, when you get the invite, they will sometimes have a theme and they will have a dress code as to what you should wear. So sometimes it will be a fancy dress theme. We've been somewhere where the theme was leopard print or where it was a lingerie party and you're expected to follow the dress code. And in this situation, I don't think it's a good idea for you to try to stand out in the pack and decide that you're not going to follow the dress code. I think on some level, it's a bit disrespectful. And also when people are trying to put on an event and they're trying to go for a particular theme, they want people to cooperate with that theme and that is something that you should respect when you're going there. So try to follow the, the, the dress code as, as best as you can. Um, I think it's, it's more strict than when you go to a club and they have a dress code. It's just more expected that you will follow what they've said that they, that they want to happen. So do try to make the effort with the dress code. I think one of the clearest places where you will see that is when you go to places like Torture Garden. If you're not dressed in the way that they specified, you're just not going to get in. They will literally have bouncers at the door who will search what you're wearing first. They will take a look at what you're wearing and they will decide whether or not that meets the dress code or not. So rather than wasting your time going there in, a jeans, in jeans and t-shirt, just, just follow the dress code. Make the effort or just don't go. Dress code that you or fancy dress that you went to. Um, what's my favorite dress code? I think possibly for Torture Garden, the first time that we went. I think I really enjoyed that thinking about what it was that I was going to wear, how I wanted it to look, and I think after that was probably when we went to the lingerie party as well. Um. I really liked how everyone made an effort for that. The guys made the effort, the women made the effort. I don't think I saw anybody there who was dressed ordinary. And the same with um, Torture Garden as well. You see so many cool outfits that, you know, if you didn't make the effort, you, you'll regret it. What was you wearing to Torture Garden? 
I think a lot of you might have seen pictures of what I was wearing. The first time I went, I had a fairy bra and I had on a, a latex slash vinyl skirt on as well, which had some suspender hooks. And I was wearing some thigh high boots as well. Cheers! <laughs> okay, another rule to follow when you go to or, et or to do with the etiquette in the sex club. It's not so much etiquette, but it's something that you should probably know in advance. With a lot of them, you will be expected to bring your own alcohol because a lot of these places, they don't have an alcohol license. Or when you go to a sex party, they will have a set amount of alcohol that they've bought or they might have rum punch or they might have other things like that. But it will run out at some point during the night with everybody drinking it. So if you want to make sure that you've always got a drink in your cup, then it makes more sense for you to bring your own alcohol and you can put it put it behind the bar or put it in the kitchen or whatever else and then that's and people will know that it's yours when you give it in. Um, there are a few odd places that do have an alcohol license like for example when you go to Torture Garden you can buy the drinks there. They are ridiculously expensive but you know it is in a club type venue which already has a drinking license anyway so it makes sense for them. But for a lot of them, the other venues is you will need to bring your own alcohol. So do try to remember that. Otherwise, you might be disappointed when you go there and everyone else is drinking and you wanted to drink, but it's not actually possible for you to buy. Another point to do with etiquette is be careful with what you're doing with your phone. The general rule of thumb is that you should not have your phone out with you when you're at a sex club or a sex party. Even if you're not doing anything with it, it just doesn't make a very comfortable environment when you've got people walking around with their phones. As you know, it is quite a personal and intimate thing and people are not going to feel comfortable if they even have the smallest inkling that somebody might be taking a picture with them with their phone or might be recording or something like that. Just, just don't do that. It's best and it's really not the place for you to be needing to take selfies and all of that. If you need to take selfies and other pictures, do that when you're at home, do that when you're on the way home, but don't do that when you're in the venue. Um, there was one time when me and Mr. Truth were at a sex party as well, and we got into it with like some of the other guests as well, where we were all on the bed and there was a lot of action going on. And there was one person who I don't think they'd ever come to a sex party before, but they took out their phone and they turned the light on with it. They weren't recording, but they they turned it on to put so that they could see better in the dark and everyone just jumped up and said no what are you doing because you just don't take your phone out in that scenario even if you want to see more it's it's just a stupid thing to do to take out your phone in that manner people don't want you to do that so don't do it and when you go to certain places if they see you with your phone out they will kick you out or they will confiscate your phone from you so just don't do that. There's plenty of opportunities for you to take selfies and to take pictures and to do all of that type of stuff. But when you go to these type of places, just remember your phone is not that important in that moment. So just be conscious of what you're doing. With a lot of places, you won't necessarily need to give your phone up. You can still use it to say, if you want to text your friend to say that you're there and you're meeting them there and things like that then that's not a problem. But when you've just got it out constantly, where it looks like you're taking pictures, people are not going to take kindly to that. When you go to these type of things, it does need to be a safe environment for people to feel like 
they can be comfortable, that they can let loose and that they can be free. And putting stuff in pictures and stuff that is not really conducive for that type of environment. So that's my list of things that I think are important for the etiquette when you go to a sex club or to a sex party. If there's anything that I've missed, feel free to send me an ask about it. If you've got any questions about what it is that I've said, then feel free to DM me or, or send me an ask about that as well. So the second topic is going to be about pressure to be freaky. And the reason that I decided to discuss this topic is that sometimes when I look on Tumblr or other social media, it does seem that there's a bit of a competition about who can do what and what is considered freaky and who is too vanilla and who is too dull and all this different type of conversation. I think it's important to point out that when it comes to things like Tumblr and what people might share or what they might talk about, it might not necessarily match up with who they are or what they do in real life. I think it's one thing that I guess everyone needs to accept is with a lot of what people might portray on social media, it's aspirational. It's not even necessarily that they're trying to lie or be deceitful. It's just that they're talking about things which they are possibly genuinely interested in, but it's not necessarily reflected in what they will seek out and, and actually do. And, and that's fine. But I think that because people see that, it gives people a, a certain perception as to what everybody else is doing. And that's not necessarily the case. If you took a look on certain sections of Tumblr, you'd assume that everybody is eating ass and everyone's doing BDSM and everyone's playing water sports, but that's not the case for everybody. And it's fine for people to, to be completely vanilla or just do things which others might consider to be basic if that's what makes you happy and you just find that you're not genuinely interested in the other in the other things and that's fine it's just that people don't really want to hear you going on about how you think such and such a thing is nasty or it's wrong or whatever else just stay comfortably in your lane and everybody is happier that way what people consider to be freaky can be very relative as well so i remember seeing someone talking about oh these girls who think that anal is freaky are really you know are really dull or something along those lines so to some other people anal is like something that is very taboo it is something that they probably can't picture in their wildest dreams that they could that they would actually do so to some people anal will be something that is considered very freaky but at the same time, when people say things like that and then you ask them, OK, so what do you consider to be freaky? They will normally come up with something which I would consider to not be that big of a deal. Like um, there was one person I asked about that and they, they mentioned bondage. And I just thought, well, technically speaking, depending on, on what you're looking at, anal might be technically more difficult to do than bondage. So why would that be freakier but then again difficulty doesn't necessarily add up to freakiness either so it's all very relative and it is quite difficult to define i just think it's a waste of time to try and one-up people i think it's better to say this is what i would like to do in the bedroom and this is what i would expect 
a partner that I get with to be willing to do and go about things from that way rather than just saying oh I'm looking for somebody who's freaky because what does that mean exactly um I think it's it's a good thing that in this day and age there's more sex positivity where people can feel more open about what it is that they desire sexually and go about getting that and that's great but I think on the one of the downsides of that is if people feel that everyone needs to be homogenous that everyone needs to be doing the same type of things and that's not the case if you find that a particular thing is not for you then you're well within your rights to say that you're just not interested in that and that's fine and there are some people where they might not be they can be honest with themselves and say I'm, I'm not sure if I'm into this type of thing but I'm willing to try a b and c or I'm, I'm willing to try x y and z and that's that's fine uh, and I do think that being open-minded about things is probably the best way to go about things with men I think that you guys are more open about what it is that you want to get from women to a certain extent but there are particular things which I know that some guys are interested in which you will have a difficulty expressing that you want because people will, might look at you like you're crazy and to be honest, I think that a, a big part of the reason for that is homophobia, if we're being very honest, if we're being very honest, especially when it comes to guys who are interested in, some, in more anal play, not as in them doing it on another woman, as in them getting that from another woman. And it's fine if you're not into that type of thing, and it's fine if you are, but I find that sometimes people message me and ask me, oh, do you think that this is normal, or do you think that that is normal? And it is something that it's quite obvious that it's not something they can have in general conversation with their friends or other people that they know because people would look at that and start asking oh are you gay are you bi are you this or you're that and of course there's nothing wrong with being gay or bi but when you start breaking sex acts into those particular things it just makes it clear to me that no one's really going to be free in what they can do sexually until they stop being prejudiced against other people who are coming from a different way of life or are of a different sexual orientation from them. With women, because men benefit in certain ways from us being sexual in particular ways, i.e. when women are interested in other women or women are interested in some other particular sexual acts, then men can sort of benefit from that or they enjoy that too. So they're happy with women being open with those particular things. Um, but one of the downsides for women if they're being open about sex sometimes is that they will be classed as being hosts or they'll be looked at in a negative light as in why would you want to do that or it's, it's just a bit weird or you must be sex mad blah 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 so there are st still some limitations as to how far women feel that they can get with expressing their sexuality with other guys and other women and the same with men as well but I think to dif in different degrees and different ways. So what do you think of women calling other women hoes? Or sometimes I see women saying, oh, I'll do this or I'm into this thing, but I'm not a hoe though. I think all of that is really empty, to be fair. I think hoe is, is a very, it's a meaningless word, but it's very loaded in, in the negative connotations that it has with it. But I just don't really see the benefit. I don't think that you should necessarily put up with being called a hoe if that's not what you want to be called, especially when it's being used in a derogatory manner. 
But then I also feel like it's pointless to try and say, oh, those women are hoes, but I'm not. It, it just seems like a waste of time. Because when it all boils down to it, a hoe is just a woman who somebody doesn't, that a man doesn't approve of their behaviour at the end of the day. It can be something really random. People say like, oh, because she's wearing shorts like that, she's a hoe. Because she goes out at this particular point in time, she's a hoe. Because she drinks this drink, she's a hoe. So it's, it's, it's really just, it's just dumb. So I find that there's no benefit in classifying women as hoes in, in any way, shape or form or sluts or, or whatever else. It's a waste of time. So I would never say, oh, I do, what's an example? I do threesomes, but I'm not a hoe though. Like, what is the point in that state, statement? I'll just say I do threesomes. And what? What's the problem? So I don't think that there's any type, in, type of benefit in doing that. And I think that people are doing them a disservice themselves a disservice in doing that and when you add that on to what sex acts you will do it just goes to show that you feel some type of way about it like you feel this would be hoish in quotation mark behavior but for you being a particular way which doesn't make any sense to me so yeah i just feel that people should just dead that word yeah i wanted to go on about something which i've probably touched on a bit in some of my posts or some of the stuff that I've um, previously said as well where I feel there's sort of like a conditional freakiness where people are into what they're into or the particular things that turn them on but as soon as they come across something that somebody else might be doing which they're not interested in then suddenly it's a problem so they'll be saying like oh my girl needs to do this she needs to be willing to do anal she needs to be willing to do that but then when people start talking about, what's an example? Like say somebody's into BDSM or, or something like that. Well, bear in mind, that's quite popular nowadays from the way that people speak about it. Um, they will bring up something else sexual and they will look at that like it's a negative and they'll say like, oh, that's a hoish thing to do or this is wrong. As in, they won't be speaking about it negatively in, in to say like, you know, I'm not really into that or I've tried that and it's just really not for me it's more like they're looking at it as in somebody who does this particular thing is wrong or they're morally reprehensible and, and things like that. And I just think that it's better for you to say that this thing is not for me rather than for you to cast judgment on somebody else who is doing something just because you don't like it. And that's not to say that there's nothing possibly wrong that you can do sexually because there are, there are some things which are illegal. There are some things which are morally reprehensible. But where somebody's doing something which isn't affecting you or anybody else negatively, and it's something that they're doing consensually, though you might not like it, though you might find it personally off-putting or it's something that you don't need to look at, there's no need for you to be casting shade on what that person is doing. If it's just not for you, that's, that's fine. And I find when I see people doing this, I do find it a bit frustrating because I do think, well, what is this sexual liberation thing about then if it's only about what you personally like or if, if it's only within a strict box of what you feel is acceptable, then we're just going to all be back at square one. And, you know, that's not fun for anybody, is it? So what do you think of people putting pressure on their partners to be freakier? I don't believe in putting undue pressure on people. I think you can give encouragement, but I think there is a fine line between being encouraging and being pressuring. 
I think it's if you have a partner and you're close to them, it's important to talk to them about what they like. And sometimes the reasons that we might shy away from certain things or the reasons why we might say that we're not into particular things comes out of fear. And you need to talk, you need to work through that fear as to why it is that you, you don't want to do things. And with a lot of things, I've had to stop and think, is it because I'm just genuinely not interested in this thing? Or am I worried about what the aftermath might be, how I might feel, and what are those things connected to? And sometimes somebody encouraging you to try something might be getting you to work through those different feelings and arrive at something that actually you do want to do. But if it's something that you know deep down that it's something that you don't want to do, then it's not fair for that person to continue to press you on it. Even if they feel that it's something that you might be interested in, in later, then they should be able to pick up on that and not be keep going on and on and on about it. And I think a lot of people might not realise this as well, but Mr. Truth is probably the, the more, or he is, the more sexually adventurous out of the both of us. And there's a lot of things which otherwise I wouldn't have tried if he hadn't had brought it up at the time or if he hadn't have suggested it. But it wasn't done in a sort of pressurised way as in, okay, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. It was more something that, you know, we had to come to a mutual agreement, otherwise it wouldn't work or it wouldn't go well. So I think when you care about somebody, then the encouragement will come across in a particular way. It won't be pressurising, it won't be forceful. And it will make the person feel comfortable when you're speaking to them. When you're feeling pressurised, it's something that's going to make you feel anxious. It might be something that's going to make you feel angry and make you feel resentful as well. So I think depending on what feelings it brings up when that person is speaking to you, then you'll kind of know whether it's more on the pressuring side or whether it's more on the encouraging side. But definitely, if you know your partner is not into a particular thing, then you just need to accept that. And you just have to decide where it is that you want to go from there. You can't always mould people into what it is that you want them to be. Okay, we've reached a segment of the podcast where I answer some questions um, that people have sent in. So the first one is, what are the benefits and potential drawbacks of sexual exploration for married couples? Um, I think this is really dependent on the couple. I think that... It is quite a difficult thing to decide that you're going to go against the grain and do something a bit different. I think for well, nearly all of us, what is the expectation is that you will be monogamous and that your exploration will be solely with each other, which is completely fine and normal. Um, probably I shouldn't be using the word normal in this context, but you get what I mean. I think that to do this type of thing and, and to explore you have to be quite open and honest with each other which can be hard and I think when you're doing this type of thing if you do have problems in your relationship that might be underlying then it will be easier for them to come to the surface which in some ways can make your relationship stronger because it's now something that you're confronted with which you need to work through but then it can also be quite challenging for other people as well and some people they might decide to embark on a particular journey and then they find out that they're actually not right for each other. So whenever you do something like this, there is always a risk. But if you're being open with each other and you have that genuine care and concern for each other, then whatever happens can be for the best. So 
you just have to weigh up the pros and cons and, and be willing to be you know open with each other and be able to trust each other okay someone asked how do you like to dominate a woman okay so there's a variety of different ways i do like being in complete control if possible i do like to give orders i do like to use restraints as well i do enjoy when somebody is quite helpless and they basically have to submit to whatever whatever it is that i'm doing to them i also enjoy inflicting pain um particularly with things like hot wax um with whips as well i really want to try a bull whip one of these days but yeah i'd like to get trained up in that before like i try that out but with the other smaller whips then those are, are very fun to do as well um yeah just pretty much being in complete control what's a bull whip a bull whip is let me think you know the whip that catwoman has oh yeah right? that long whip that type of thing i feel that you can't really be running around with that if you don't know what you're doing so one day if I go to one of those events and get trained up on doing that, then yeah, I'm going to be whipping chicks as well in that way. <laughs> okay, so another question. Turn on or turn off, you and your hubby being the stars of a public sex show. So I'm going to say that that is a turn on. I am a bit of an exhibitionist and the public sex show thing has actually happened a few times. So there is this particular sex club that we've been to or, you know, it's actually happened outside of this place as well. But there is a particular sex club where you go into it and there are rooms, but each of the rooms have windows that lead out into a hallway. And in those windows, if you go into that room, you can basically put a blind down so that people can't see what you're doing in that room. Or you can leave the blind up so people can watch you having sex in the room and there's also a door that you can leave locked or unlocked depending on whether you want people to join you inside or not so there was one particular time where we went to um, the sex club with a female friend of ours and we got into the room and we started getting into some action and there was quite a large crowd of people just watching us go at it and that was quite fun to see when you're doing something and you look up for a bit and you see people they've got their faces pressed against the glass and that type of thing is yeah that's a big turn on so you like to put on a show yeah like you know i like to impress i like to show up be the center of attention yeah exactly don't you feel self-conscious when you are doing that like in front of everybody i think in the early days i used to feel quite apprehensive I used to feel, I think naturally I'm probably quite a reserved person actually, um, but because of the enjoyment that you get out of it and you feel determined to do what it is that you're doing and also you're getting approval from other people and the people that you're doing it with, that sort of fires you on to do it. So you sort of have to get rid of that niggling voice in your head that's telling you you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that and that allows you to, to be a bit more free with things. And I think when you go to sex clubs and sex parties as well, you see all types of people who are willing to be free and open with themselves. And it just makes you think, well, what is your excuse? Because you've got so many people from different types of walks of life who've got different stories who are coming from different backgrounds. But what has everybody there in common is that, you know, 
they want to go there and they want to have a good time and they feel that they have the right to be sexual with who they want to be sexual with and when you're around that type of energy it just makes you feel like you know I don't want to be here and be a stick in the mud I want to come here and be have fun like everybody else as well so that's the encouragement and that helps you to you know to do what it is that you want to do because that's that's the main thing is that you're holding yourself back from doing something that you want to do middle age like curvy or white women they're the ones winning the most at yeah. sex clubs yeah I think like if you come to the perception that you know you have to have this particular body type you need to look this particular way you need to have this particular amount of money or whatever to have fun you're going to be waiting forever and all of those things are irrelevant basically because you see some of these people is that they've come into this life probably quite a bit later like there'll be some people there who i think when we tend to go to these places a lot of the time we will end up being the youngest people who are there because a lot of people they get into this type of stuff after they've been through a lot of things in their life and they've decided to try a new way of doing things and because of that by that time some people they've had kids they've got their career they're a bit older etc etc but despite that or because of those things that's why they don't have time to waste and that's why they're willing to be free they're willing to wear whatever it is that they want to wear they're willing to do whatever it is that they want to do and their partners support them in that and their partners are alongside with them in that so it just makes you think like you know why waste your time and i've got a question for you now so what's the funniest porno you've seen okay this is a bit of a, a hard one so one of the funniest pornos I've seen is one where this guy lured a woman to his house using a trail of donuts. So he was putting the donuts on the floor and then this woman came up, saw the donuts and she's eating them and then she keeps following it like a like a breadcrumb trail. And then from there both of them have sex and you can see that both of them find it so hilarious. They can't even keep their faces like straight while they're filming the porn because they're also laughing. But then I just, I guess that just adds to the cuteness of the porn. But yeah, that was hilarious. Um, another one that I found quite funny. I don't even know how I ended up watching this or where it's from again. But this woman came and invaded these people's home while they were having a gathering. And then she just made herself at home on the couch. And they tried to get her to leave and then she pulled out her Glock on them. And then from there, like she was basically making them do stuff for her. So I just felt that was like such a random, ridiculous situation that I don't know why somebody would write that in. But yeah, that was hilarious. And what about one of your favourite scenes? This one is another funny one, but it was sexy as well where these two people are having sex in what seems to be like a river i think there's like a waterfall nearby them but the guy is like behind the woman doggy style and stuff but he's like pushing her face down in the water so it's like i guess that's some advanced form of choking or something like that and then when she's been under for a bit like he pulls her hair up so that she's out of the water again i found that like hilarious as well but yeah that's probably my favorite one at the moment so that is the end of my show. Thank you for listening to the Truth and the Booty podcast. If you've got any questions or if you want to show the podcast some love, you can reach me on Truth in the Booty on Tumblr. And also on there, there are pictures of my actual booty as well. So you can stick around for that too. And yeah, see you again next week where I'll be posting the next one.
So did you have fun? Yes. Better sex? I know about all that. Throw that ass like a pump, 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 pump it, honey. Do she handle it?